Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the what I consider the official, official hard is that the right term? Hard launch of the Duo Sense podcast. Because mm-hmm. we did have some episodes before this, but it's, that's more of a soft launch. That was more of our like, you know, free trial, you know, in my mind. Of the Duo Sense podcast. I think I already said that, but I'll say it again, just in case you forgot. My name is Andrew Orozco, and I have my illustrious and consistent host. Unnecessary Johnny. Johnny. Unnecessary Johnny. There you go. That's his name. No. That's no, your no. new name, Unnecessary Johnny. That's not what I meant. That's it. Okay. Well, that's what you introduced yourself as, Unnecessary Johnny. Okay. Johnny, what, how, first of all, how are you doing? I'm all right. You're all right? That's about it. That's it? I'm good. All right. I'm about yourself. I'm okay. So what's the name of the podcast? The Duo Sense Podcast, Johnny. All right. What are we discussing today, Andrew? Well, uh, we kind of skipped a good portion of January, so we're starting off this year a little later than I would like. But we have a few topics that I wanted to go over about what had happened since the start of the year. Mostly the last week. Mostly last week. And then later on, if you feel like it, if we have time, we can get into... Either uh, you can give us a summary of your time with Ghost of Tsushima, or we can talk about our what we want in terms of gaming from this year. We should probably do a d- dedicated pod to Ghost, and we'll discuss like what we hope that Sony is gonna, you know, pull out the hat for this year. Um, so what do you have? Because I have no idea what you what you. Uh, oh, Johnny, but you do. You do have an idea, because we talked about this earlier today. I got a really short memory, so. Mass Effect Legendary Edition got announced this past week with a release date of May 14th. So what we know is that it's basically just Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 with no multiplayer, much to your much to your sadness. Yeah. What is What are your so, thoughts as, as the, our resident Mass Effect expert? What are your thoughts about this legendary? You've seen, you've seen like the test, like the comparison footage, right? I'm just not all too into it. So the screenshots that they've given us on the trailers, mm-hmm. it looks like they just added a bunch of like lens flames to it. They kind of uh, Michael baited. Yeah, the saturation is a little bit higher. The textures look better. Um, it's sixty, uh, right? Frames, I believe so. Yeah. Okay, that's 60. cool. I like that it comes included with all the DLC. Really? Okay. Uh, it says like 40 pieces of DLC, so I'd get to play DLC that I've never got to touch. But I, I probably got the best of it. I, I got the uh, Shadow Broker DLC with Kasumi. That was for two, right? Yeah. That sounds familiar. So I'm content with all that DLC being in it. But I I don't think it really has anything to offer for the veterans. And uh, on top of that, it seems like you're doing a bunch of editing, like doing... Uh, cutting away the cameras of, of certain um what would you call it i guess they're kind of not censoring and i guess they're kind of trying to adapt it for no i, I think it's censoring uh, they're trying to i guess modernize it and i'm not sure that's the right term but they're trying to make the less less focus on like butt butt shots and like crotch shots and not so much lingering on boobs and stuff like that they're trying to clean it up i guess you could say maybe whitewash it a bit yeah. It seems like they're trying to update it in terms for a more sensible audience now. Or maybe not sensible. That's not the right word. I guess a more uh, react- reactionary. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. Audience. Yeah. Uh, How, do you, does, does that really upset you, though? Is that I, like a big it's deal? It's just annoying. I don't know who this really caters to. Like, Does that really change that I, like the gameplay experience of Mass Effect? It doesn't, but it's like they're trying to save me from myself. Like I've already seen the shots; they're all over the internet. They're just—I'll hey, just dig out the PS3 from the closet if I want to see more ass. Yeah, it's just—it's <laughs> just annoying. All this little, uh, like rounding out the corners is just—it's just stupid. One of the things that looked weird to me when I saw a couple of the screen comparisons was that. In some of the shots where they're supposed to be like more high res and looks better, it mm. actually looks kind of worse somehow. Some of them look kind of weird. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, like the coloration's kind of off. The saturation is y- way too high. Yeah, there you go. Is that yeah. what it is? I, that's what it seems like. It is because like like I would think like oh this shot is the more updated one, and I check I'm like oh no that's the original one. Why does the new one look weird? Yeah, when I would see a shot, I would be like oh that's interesting, and then I see the old one, and I'm like wait. Uh, 
it kind of looks better on the older version. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really feel like a remaster in some portions. It feels like they just put it through a filter, you know? Yeah. There's a few shots where you see, like, the... For example, if you look at the textures for, like, the clothing, mm-hmm. you can tell the updated, like, the updated clothing looks much more, like, crisp. grainy. Yeah, yeah, crisp, grainy, texturized, I guess I would say, like, bumpy. It doesn't look like it's just, like, a asset, just, like, overlay. Yeah. So, that... I, I mean, that's not gonna change... It's not a drastic change to gameplay. But I did hear, supposedly, that they were gonna, like, update some of the game systems, weren't they? I heard it was just gonna be, like, the interface. So, taking some of the interface from, like, 2 and adapting it to 1. So, it's a little more cohesive. Okay. But, uh, so just the just the HUD. Yeah, but I, I I really can't say until I see the gameplay itself, you know? Do you remember? From 1, 2, and 3. I need a, a trailer for that. Do you remember playing Mass Effect 1? Very little of it. Okay, because I was going to ask you if you feel like that game has aged well in terms of, like, compared to 2 and 3. No, not at all. Yeah, because I remember playing the Mass Effect trilogy on PS3. Mm-hmm. And when you play 1 and then you play 2, you can feel, like, 2 is, like, leaps and bounds like way more refined than yeah for sure and then uh you can feel it going to three as well especially in the multiplayer Mm. so you can feel it all all throughout the the series like there's a steady progression really feels like it's way behind two and three okay so that's probably why they're gonna kind of like reskin it so to speak then with two Mm -hmm. okay are you looking for are you are is this like a day one purchase for you or no really no i definitely love mass effect what is it the campaign I probably spent like 80 hours in the multiplayer. I'm sure I spent like 100 hours on it. Mm. So maybe it's just because I got everything that I could get out of it. Mm -hmm. But to play all that time, plus like the 40 pieces of DLC and the same three games. And they're not talking about like new content or unreleased characters. Right. So I don't think to a veteran it has really anything to offer that... So really what it is, is here's like a modernized offering for people who might have missed it the first time around. Yeah. How much are they selling it for? Like 40 bucks or? Mm, I doubt it. I don't know. I don't think they, I'm not sure if they released a price, but I highly doubt it's going to be 40 bucks. I'm thinking it's probably going to be full price because it's three games and they're being like restored yeah. with all the DLC. And with them not having multiplayer. Mm, well, you and I defer on that because I think. I didn't play the multiplayer. I played parts of three. I didn't play multiplayer, but I'm pretty sure most people focus only on the campaign for three. If they don't have the multiplayer in this... Which they don't. Whatever. The game just isn't for me. The series just isn't for me. But I would really love it if they put multiplayer for part three. Like, say, in a, in a free download on the PS Store. Okay. And then they have microtransactions like that. I'd be totally cool with that. That would be interesting. Yeah, and then just remaster that thing. And then maybe give us brand new characters. I'm down to play that again. That's an interesting approach. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. Well, how do you feel about it? Did you play all this, all of them? I completed all of one. I completed all of two. And I only played maybe like two or three hours of three. And it's not that I didn't like three or what I played of it. It's just that I remember I got distracted by some other game I bought. And I just never went back. There's also, I heard that they might be doing some modifications to the end of three as well. Hmm. But even if they did, that that's not worth like a purchase. So for something you could probably just watch on a YouTube video. Yeah. So I, I can't really think of anything that will draw me back into the series to replay. But I'm honestly surprised. I really am surprised because I know you're a huge Mass Effect fan, and you're kind of just like, like here's the first like you know big bone since like Andromeda, and you're kind of just like, Meh. yeah, that too. They gave us Andromeda, and that left the bed taste you know like andromeda was garbage to me the mechanics the glitches Mm -hmm. every time i see the uh it's like what 11 eight bucks on the psn store i got it i I scroll through it i'm like fuck off like just (laughs) no i don't want it you don't even want to give it a shot i'm sure it's been patched with so many updates no i tried the demo no i don't want it all right johnny's a man of strong convictions and strong feelings about mass effect that said, let's go on to our next topic, Johnny. Talking about uh, Embracer Group, that is the parent company of THQ Nordic, acquiring Gearbox Software, the beloved developer of the Borderlands series. Mm-hmm. They also own the IP for uh, Brothers in Arms, which is like a World War II era war 
first person, okay. third person, not sure which. I honestly, truthfully, I never played any of their games. And they also did the Aliens Colonial Marines game, which uh, did not do very well. So this, what I'm t- thinking about here, here is not so much the acquisition of Gearbox, which I believe was 1.3 billion, which seems kind of pricey for what it is. Like we know Borderlands is huge, but is it 1.3 billion huge? I'm not sure. That said, what I'm really thinking about here is this is just another acquisition in the last few months of companies just basically gobbling up each other, right? We had um, EA recently acquiring Codemasters for the for which is basically their only other competition in the racing scene. Mm-hmm. Dirt, Grid, uh, Formula One racing, F one, like they basically just gobbled up their biggest competition and probably just gonna make them do Need for Speed games probably. Okay. We also have more recently. Bethesda, Microsoft. Oh uh, yeah, Microsoft acquiring Zenimax and Bethesda and all of that IP right there. How how do you feel about all these companies just kind of not claiming territory, so to speak, but just conquering and absorbing and just absorbing other smaller studios? Do you think we're headed towards like a future where it's just like five big brands and then that's it? I don't know, but I definitely don't like it. I don't like Tencent purchasing all the studios that they're buying. Tencent, that's interesting because they have uh, they have their fingers in a lot of pots, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They have they have part of Ubisoft. They have part of Epic. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, yep. The Unreal Same Engine. Thing, yeah. So does Sony though. Sony also has a portion of Epic too there. So you have a lot of these big, massive conglomerates who are just kind of like. Dipping yeah, your toes. There's, there's things I want Sony to purchase, but I also really like all the IP that Sony comes out with, mm-hmm. and I don't want, I don't want Sony to be reliant on trying to purchase studios just to like take it away from the competition. But mm-hmm. I also, man, I I don't want Google purchasing studios or Amazon or or Facebook. <laughs> I much rather have Microsoft buy that. So. Well, yeah, there was a while back where people were pissed because. Facebook bought a uh, Oculus. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Facebook bought Oculus, and they made it mandatory that like, going forward that if you wanted to use Oculus, you had to like sign in with your Facebook account. That's right. Yeah. They said it wasn't going to be a thing, and then they just and then they said like, okay, it is a thing. Yeah. Like unless you already have an Oculus account, which is good for another year, and then you're forced to get a Facebook account. But uh, was there really any backlash for that? It seemed there like was... people just kind of forgot about it. I heard some people were upset about that just because they don't use Facebook anymore. Mm-hmm. And also because more recently there's been a lot of controversy about Facebook like giving a platform to like conspiracies and stuff like that. I think it'll be... Uh, I, I think Sony's going to sell more headsets. They, they have the highest selling one anyways, right? With the PSVR? Yeah, so I think it'll be an easier decision for people to make that jump from Oculus to the PSVR. I don't know. I heard... I think the VR... PSVR is more of a downgrade from the oculus yeah i heard the oculus is a better performing system uh-huh i know i i believe it is because Bri- our cousin brian has a oculus and he told me like yeah oculus is better way better but PS just has most of them the most of the market for the for the the psvr console, is much so. more affordable yeah it's yeah. much more it's uh we call it i guess entry it's a, at a better um yeah, it's much more agreeable like to enter the mark enter if you want to get into VR, mm-hmm. like the PS VR is the best entry point if you're like not sure about it. Yeah, and not just that. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of uh PlayStation exclusive VR experiences. I don't know if you can connect. Can you connect the um, Oculus to the PS? No. I do not think you can. All right. Pretty sure you can't. I'm like 99% sure you can. So that's can. <laughs> a no-brainer for me. If I was into VR, I'm, of course, going to get what's compatible with the Sony games, you know? Okay. Yeah, if you're in the PlayStation ecosystem, yeah. yeah. If but, you're coming from PC, you might not think that what way. What about the purchases? What about these particular purchases? Like, do you like or bother you? Mm, I really don't have much of an opinion on this. My issue with companies buying other studios is that they kind of hijack the teams to mm-hmm. work on their projects. And then we see, like, the IP of the original team just kind of get abandoned. Like Rare Studio? Yes. I was about to say that. Like, when Rare got purchased by Microsoft, mm-hmm. and, like, we never... We saw one Banjo-Kazooie game in the last 20 years, and they just it just sucked. And then there was a... What is it called? Um, the one that they just revealed with the girl... Uh, 
something perfect dark perfect dark. yeah and that was rares and now they're not even working on it right right but microsoft acquired they get passed it off to was it the initiative initiative yeah 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 well that's because they own the ip now through rare and they just like kind of like okay rare thanks for the ip we're gonna give this to somebody else now to do and but it doesn't matter. That doesn't really matter so much because the people who are even at Rare are not the same ones that's from true. twenty years ago. Yeah. So I'm just I'm, I mean that's kind of cool because I know there's people who are fans of the of Perfect Dark on 360 and also the one for N64. So it's like finally after like 14 years mm-hmm. since the f- last one. And the last one wasn't that great. Yeah, the N64 one is the one that's considered like the classic one. Uh huh. But finally, at least, you know, Microsoft's finally kind of getting its act together and it's like, all right, guys, like, here's something that we've had forever. Like, we're finally going to put it out. And it seems like Microsoft's finally starting to do things right after, like, four or five years of doing things not right. But it's like they're starting to, but it takes, like, five years to make a game. So it's like they're going to put out these games towards the very end of this generation. So, Mm -hmm. how relevant Oh, we'll see. We'll see, because I don't think there's no. I don't think Perfect Dark's gonna come out at the end of the generation. I'm pretty sure that's like next two, three years, and the generation just started a few months ago. So, but so. they they only have like these cinematic videos. They're not. Well, we'll f- okay. We'll judge for it when it comes out. Right. One of us, I, whoever gets an Xbox, I guess between us. I'm not gonna. Or whoever uses Game Pass through PC or mobile or whatever, because you don't have to have an Xbox now. Remember. You can still access Xbox games through other means. Yeah. But uh, my main issue is just something... Like you mentioned Tencent and uh, these big conglomerates are kind of getting their hands everywhere. Yeah, and it's, is, it's kind of frightening. It is frightening. Cause dude, I'm not just shitting on Xbox. It's because we're talking about those other companies buying these studios. Mm-hmm. And I want Xbox to perform well to compete with Sony because then I... I I do want them to get, though I prefer them to get these studios, Microsoft, mm-hmm. instead of these other companies, you know? Oh, really? So I don't want them to just completely fail. I want them to, if they're going to buy IP, take it away from those other companies, and then put it out on an Xbox. You get what I'm saying? So kind of like a rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing, where you want a healthy competitive market, or not? <laughs> Am I misconstruing I, that? I, sort of. I don't want Xbox to get in a position where they... Where they buy IP, they don't, they don't do anything with the IP, and then they just end up sending it to like Google, you know? Okay. Okay, I can kind of get that sort of, in a way. <laughs> yeah. All right, Johnny. All right, that's good. I'll accept that. Next topic we have here is somewhat re- related to what we just talked about is uh sony's finally putting out the the show the M- their mlb franchise that they have the exclusive rights to mm-hmm. on xbox so for the first time and i think ever you will be able to go to the store see an xbox game with a playstation studios logo on it mm-hmm. yeah it's how just, crazy is that it's just weird but it's not all they're relevant to me no, it's just yeah. like a technicality that they had to have that game on Xbox. Right. I think sp- I remember I heard somebody mention that supposedly MLB was like threatening to pull the licenses. Like you need to spread this, you know, franchise out. Like there's no like major baseball competitors on Xbox. Like that's like revenue you're just losing just because you know you want to be stubborn kind of thing. Yeah, but to me it's not like Sony is. It seems like Sony was kind of like strong armed though into it. Yeah. So it's not it, to me. This isn't Sony like dipping their toes into how much more can we sell on a different console, you know? You don't think so? No, I don't think so. It was just a strong arm, like you said. It mm-hmm. wasn't Sony testing out like, hey, let's get Horizon on Xbox. It's not bad. Well, I'm just thinking it's kind of funny how they're, they both both competitors are kind of doing this where we have uh, Microsoft owning ZeniMax and therefore Bethesda as a, mm-hmm. as a side effect. Deathloop is a PS5 exclusive coming out that's being published by, essentially being published by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So you have these two major players who are basically releasing games, you know, strong-armed or not, on each other's platforms. If they do it just a little bit, I, I don't want them to do, um, yeah, I don't want them to exchange original IP. Like I don't think that would happen. If it was already like... Uh, I don't think we're going to see Halo. If it was like Borderlands and it uh-huh. used to be on both consoles, whatever, just keep it on both consoles. Multi-platform. Whoever owns it. But not the original IP. 
You know there has been Metal Gear Solid on Xbox before, though, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just making sure. Just making Was that sure. original IP? Well, it's because it's done through Konami. I don't think Sony doesn't own Konami, so Konami yeah. can do whatever it wants. Yeah, I don't think it's the same. I know. I think it's just in my head because I associate Snake with PlayStation. For sure, only. me too. Yeah, I just made that assumption, but I'm like, oh yeah, like, like Phantom Pain. I'm pretty sure it came out on Xbox also. Mm-hmm. But disregard that. I just think it's interesting now how we are living sort of in an age of. It seems like the big three, when I you know Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, are kind of in it together in a way where it i was about to bring up that point i also do like that they're kind of working together because they see this other competition rising it's kind of like how you see a lot of youtubers or like podcasters they kind of collaborate rather than compete directly like hey we can both reach bigger markets if we work together rather than against each other mm-hmm. now that doesn't mean they're all buddy buddy right they're still they still want their you know platform their their console choice to win microsoft maybe not so much anymore but there's definitely a sense of more camaraderie. Like, I remember two or three Game game Awards when they had all three of the representatives on stage. Do you remember that? They had Reggie. They had, uh, I believe it was Sean Layden. And I um, can't remember his name. Anyways, the point is, the big three are much more... We're living in an age where they're much more cooperative with each other. Like, you can have... Four, you can play Fortnite on Switch and team up against or with people on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Like everything is much more open, like not open source, so to speak, but the barriers from like the nineties, they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything is much more open. Call on Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you can play with PC players, you can play with Xbox players, you can play with PlayStation players. Everything seems to be much more cooperative, and I think that's kind of a response to gamers being more scattered, so I guess you say on different consoles, but they still want to play with their friends. Okay. They still want to play with other people, and they don't want those things to be like a uh, a burden. Saying like, "Oh, you're on this console. Oh, I'm on this console." It's like, oh, it sucks. Like, no. Like now we can have crossplay, and I think it's that's just it's just really cool. It makes me think of like what what's going to happen in the future. Like, we're probably not going to see like major. For, we're not going to see Last of Us on the Xbox. No. But maybe we'll see a Sly Cooper on Xbox. Maybe we'll see Jack and Daxter. No, it's Naughty Dog still. Probably not Jack and Daxter. But maybe we'll see, you know, Ratchet and Clank. No, maybe not Ratchet and Clank on Xbox. Maybe it'll be that, but they won't have it, like, on the day of release on the Game Pass. Or just even think about how, I think, I remember someone tweeted this out when they added the Kratos skin to Fortnite and Master Chief. How you saw Master Chief being advertised on the PlayStation I menu? Saw, yeah, I saw Master Chief on the PS right now playing uh, Fortnite. Like, that... That's cool. That's dope. That's just so strange. Like, if I told you that like a decade ago, would you believe me? Like, I said, oh yeah, you can be. You know, there's, there's gonna be this game where you can play Kratos. You can be Master Chief. You're probably gonna think like, what? Like some kind of weird homebrew user created game or something, right? Yeah, it's, that is pretty cool. But we're living in a remarkable age. A remarkable age. Moving on to competing platforms. We have the other story from this past week is that Google has closed down their internal Stadia games division. I think, to no surprise, from what I understand, Google has a history of abandoning its technology. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Google Glass thing? Those like cool glasses with like the little HUD thing? I think they're still working on it, but they, they go like through this cycle of ups and downs. They seem to ha- put out products and then within two years kind of just stop supporting them. Yeah. From what I understand. And I remember when they first revealed Stadia, pretty much everybody agreed in terms of like um, media, gaming media outlets and gamers alike, kind of like, why would we want that? Who asked for this? Who needs this? Like, we've seen this before with, um, there was another similar platform where it was like bringing PC games to like kind of like a mobile home console thing. Do you remember the was it the Ouya the Ouya Ouya? I don't know what that was. That was like a good 10, 12 years ago, and that thing failed. So I'm curious to think. I don't know what was the pitch for that thing though. I remember it was that. bringing PC games to like your TV kind of. So it was like. But with Stadia, it's more like bringing PC games to your mobile tablets and your plat and whatever. Okay. For me, what's confusing is like I remember seeing the presentation from Google. About the Stadia, and I still had questions, and I still wasn't sure, even after the presentation, 
Like, how does this work again? No, I thought it was because it was like you had like a subscription, but then you still had to buy the games or something. Well, if you would have told me the day before that, like the presentation, I would have been like, "That shit will never work. There's never going to be enough con- uh, connection." But that's the way they pitched it. So when it came out, I was like, "Whoa, this shit is impressive." But then people started getting the product, and it just didn't hold up. It was the latency was just too much, and then they didn't have any games. On to release and we'll just fall apart. From what I understand, reading some tweets earlier in the week about it, it seems like they closed their internal studios for developing games. Because uh, first of all, there's nothing on Google Stadia that you can't play just on on the console or system on PC or something. Mm-hmm. They don't have any real exclusives at all, except for maybe like a couple like smaller games. They don't have any heavy hitters. No. So. I think you and I will both agree, like, if you make good games, the gamers will come. It's not the other way around, where if you create, like, a product, you create a platform, and then you just wait for, you know, people to start making games for it, right? Early on, I also had a little bit of faith in it. The, apparently, the issue was that Google had no idea how long it actually takes to develop a game internally. Okay. Cause I guess they acquired all this talent, and then they kind of told them like, "Okay, this is how long it's gonna take us to make the game." And Google's like, "What? No! Like, you need to like, you need to get that get on that quick." How would you get this from? Because this it's like it doesn't make sense. Like they see when a God of War comes out, and they're like, "Oh shit, that took like five years." Like, how do they not? Okay, recognize that. Prove a point. I want to look it up right now. All right, so this, so this is from Polygon, written by Michael McWhorter. Google shuts down internal Stadia. Game Studio. Stadia will now focus on third-party games. Google is shutting down its internal game development studios tasked with making video games for Stadia, the company's game streaming platform. Stadia GM, General Manager, and Vice President Phil Harrison. Uh, ironically, Phil Harrison. Do you remember Phil Harrison, Johnny? No. Phil Harrison was with Sony during the launch of the PS3. Mm-hmm. And he kind of bailed ship when things weren't going so well. And he joined Microsoft. Just in time for the Xbox One. Okay. And we saw how that kind of turned out with the Xbox One not doing so well compared to the PS4. Yeah. He then bailed (laughs) to join Google Stadia. And once again, this is is funny to me because I saw a tweet about this the other day. It's like, how does this guy keep getting hired? (laughs) He gets poached by these big companies. And each time he jumps ship, like wherever he goes, like that system does terribly. So, I don't know if failure just follows him, or... What is his position? He is the general manager and vice president. What? When he was with Sony, he had, like, an equally high position. I can't remember what it was right now. But it was something to do, like, something about, like, all, like, North American studios or something like that. Well, why'd he bail from Sony first time? I believe Xbox or Microsoft gave him, like, a better, like, offer. Oh, uh, okay. And he jumped just in time for, like, the Xbox One launch. And, well... The rest, as they say, is history. Back to the article. Stadia G, Stadia General Manager Vice President Phil Harrison announced the closure of Stadia Games and Entertainment on Monday on the Stadia blog. There's like a link to that. Creating best in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially, Harrison said. Given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia, as well as deepening our business partnerships, We've decided that we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development teams, SG&E, which I'm guessing is Stadia Games and Entertainment, beyond any near-term planned games. So Stadia Games and Entertainment Vice President Jade Raymond, who is the one I told you came from Ubisoft, is leaving Google, Harrison confirmed. The decision to shut down its internal studios will impact approximately 150 developers. According to a report from Kotaku, it's not a whole lot. So we're just gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it right there. The rest of the article is there on Polygon. If anybody wants to read it, I'm not gonna read the entire thing because it's too long, and I want to give them some credit. So like you see there, you can saw that Harrison expressed how the cost of developing games internally takes too long. You heard that right? It takes mm-hmm. too long, and is very expensive. So basically, they're kind of throwing that. They realize, like, okay, we bit off more than we could chew because we didn't know this was going to cost so much in the long run. Mm-hmm. Let's pedal back and just focus on developing good relationships with our third parties. So unless those third parties come out with state exclusives, it seems like... Oh, why would they? Do? It 
seems like Stadia is destined to kind of just drift and drift, and eventually, when people forget about it, it's just going to sink. They're hanging on by like a lifeboat right now, like it's like a raft supporting them. Mm-hmm. Stadia just—I I still don't understand who thought this was a good idea to make this platform. Like, you can't, you can't. It's not like back in the '90s, like where Sega and Nintendo used like just jump in with like a PlayStation, right? Now in this modern era of PlayStation and Microsoft, PC, Nintendo, you can't just jump in with the big boys. Not like you could like 30 years ago. Yeah. So for Google to do this, it just seemed weird. And like I even mentioned, remember we have that, what's that thing coming from Amazon? Like they're all doing their own game division thing too? Do you remember that? It was announced like a month or two. I don't really follow Amazon and, and Facebook like that. Like what studios they have and what games. What was it, the last game facebook came out with it was like a triple a but it was like an awful game oh yeah they canceled yeah they brought it back in and said never mind and they just kind of just scrapped it oh they just scrapped it i I forgot what it was called i thought they put it back into like beta no that was amazon actually amazon did that johnny okay amazon games or something like that yeah i try to remember it was like some kind of multiplayer game exactly and they could basically tell them like this sucks Mm -hmm. and like okay we'll put it back in and they kind of just scrapped like you know what never mind we're just gonna take it out back in take it out but what uh, what was it like i don't even know what system that thing was on was it just like I believe, I believe it was pc okay i believe they went straight through pc the pc around but this just just thinking about like stadia and the whole situation there where it's like where they where harrison said like this ended up being more costly and more time consuming than we thought like uh like it just sounds like google's kind of doing the whole thing where they just like, mm, second thoughts, we're going to scrap this. It seems like they're more like of an idea guy mm-hmm. rather than a following through company kind of mentality. As far as Stadia goes, that's what it sounds like. So it sounds like state. they said they're still going to work with a third party. To me, that translates as we're going to keep, we're going to hope to make a profit on this thing at some point. What does that even mean, though? Like, we're going to work with third parties. But third parties don't want to work with them because they don't have a player base. So what does that even mean? I'm thinking it's just kind of corporate speak. Okay. Corporate speak for, like, we're not shutting down Stadia, but, like, there's the door if you want to bounce. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just a mess everywhere. Uh, speaking of, about messes everywhere, we move on to our last of these week's topic. Now, okay, this is not fair calling it this week. This happened about a couple of weeks ago where we had uh, Lucasfilm Games, which was just recently announced, reorganized, announced that they have a Star Wars game mm-hmm. coming up with in collaboration with Ubisoft. So now we know that EA is going to lose out on its exclusivity deal for Star Wars. It's not getting renewed once it expires in 2023. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we're not going to see any more EA Star Wars games. It just means that Star Wars is free, you know, is freed up for anybody else who wants to make a Star Wars game. Yeah. And then we also heard about Bethesda doing an Indiana Jones game, which that should be interesting because I don't think I've ever played an actual Indiana Jones game. I don't even know what that would look like. Uncharted. I guess in some ways, Indiana Jones is the original Nathan Drake, huh? Mm-hmm. A treasure hunter, archaeologist. It's just that, well. That would be fun, right? An Uncharted game with an Indiana Jones skin? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think the mechanics would translate well. The story seems... I mean, the, the formula is there. You know, if they re- mm-hmm. if they just took that formula from Uncharted and they made it Indiana Jones, it would just work. But what do you think about this, Johnny? Do you think... Uh, have you fought, Do you know enough about the Star Wars games that EA has, like, scrapped and, like, kind of just canceled? Do you remember 1313? Do you remember that one? Yeah, but that's when uh, Disney bought... Yeah, you're right. That, that was that way before happen. EA. Yeah. Fair enough. You're right. That was before EA. You're right. You're right. I just assu- I just associate failure with Star Wars with EA, I guess. But the games they have made are pretty good at from what I understand. I've played um What games? Isn't there like Battlefront Battlefront Two? Uh-huh. Battlefront One, Jedi Fallen Order, and Squadrons. Squadrons, yeah. Squadrons is, is it dope. Three, four? Just four? Four major ones on console. I'll play Squadron. They like have that. some mobile games, too, for Star Wars under EA. Uh, I'm not counting that, though. I don't like Squadrons. The third-person one, that one looks fun. Okay. For me, just one. It looks like they made one good Star Wars game. Did I follow over? Yeah. From what I understand, it's really good. I haven't, I haven't played, played it. it yeah, but it either. looks like the style of game that I'd be into. 
Yeah, it's uh, someone described it as kind of like Dark Souls, but not as bad as Dark in terms, not as hard as Dark Souls, mm-hmm. where it's much more like time based in terms of like parrying, blocking, all, doing everything just at the right time. But it's got like that classic Star Wars feel, like on what is it like the PS2? Yeah, it reminds me of like the Revenge of the Sith game that came out for the movie. Is that the ones where you get to play with the droid? You know the one that rose up. No, that's Battlefront. Battlefront? Yeah, it's Battlefront. Battlefront 2. Was the it, wasn't that 2. one like top down? Mm, that was from over the shoulder behind. It was a third person shooter, Johnny. But I mean on PS. Yeah, it was a third person shooter. Oh, okay. Alright, I don't know the name of the one that I'm talking about. The old one, but wait, whatever. It's you must like... be thinking of an older one. Anyways, I like... Yeah. Personally, I'm excited about this. I never liked the idea of Star Wars only being able to be made by one company. Mm-hmm. Especially EA who has been known for the controversy with the loot boxes and the microtransactions and basically locking content behind either time or money. Anything they come out with just feels filthy, right? Yeah, yeah. It feels scummy. For the most part, when it comes to Star Wars with EA, yes. When they announce something that I would totally be behind, I see the trailer and I'm like... All right, we'll see. It seems weird. Like I have no excitement when they when they come out with the trailer. It seems weird that EA would handle Star Wars that way when like when it comes to like their franchises they own through Bioware with like Dragon Age and Mass Effect, they're not as they're not as like cronyism about it with loot boxes. They don't really nickel and dime you as much with Dragon Age and Bioware stuff and like Mass Effect. It seems like they put out a very unpolished games when it comes to Star Wars because they're just banking on the name. That could be it. They just see, you know, dollar signs in the eyes kind of thing. Like, Star Wars, slap it on anything, put it out there, you know, nickel and dime, get those numbers up, rookie numbers, pump those numbers up. I could see that. I'm just interested to see what Ubisoft will do with Star Wars because the team assigned to the Star Wars game is the team responsible for the Division games. I'm okay with that. So this makes me think this is going to be like a third-person stealth uh, cover-based shooter, maybe? I'm all right with that. I don't absolutely love The Division, but I, I've had fun with it. And I'm also thinking because it's Ubisoft. Ubisoft, if you want to make an open-world game, Ubisoft and maybe Rockstar are like the two go-to studios for open-world games. Rockstar, probably expensive, probably busy with, I imagine, with GTA 6 right now. They ain't got time for, like, others. St- they don't make games for, like, other franchises, really. Well, I've, I've mentioned this before uh, to you, but I don't want this to happen. But if it were to happen, I would want uh, Santa Monica Studios to make a Star Wars game. Like, crazy storytelling, t- storytelling uh, good engine. And then the way Kratos handles, like, the axe in close quarter combat, I think would translate really well for a lightsaber battle. That would be interesting. Um, I only, the only thought I have about that is I don't think... Lucas, uh, or yeah, Lucasfilm games would want to limit their games to only one console. And if they went through Santa Monica Studio as a Sony first party studio, I don't think they would release that outside of the PlayStation ecosystem. That's well, fine. I don't want it to happen. But oh. that's the way I would want to see yeah, execute. Focus on Ragnarok. Yeah, like better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. At, yeah, I agree. For an open world game for Star Wars, like going to Ubisoft makes perfect sense if that's what they're trying to do. Because from what we understand, it is an open world game. Now, does that mean are we doing lightsaber combat? Are we doing shooting based combat? Are we maybe neither? Maybe we're moving away to something else with droids or something. I want lightsaber battles, like close, close. Like I want technique in the battle. You know, I don't want it to be just a hack and slash. And you just going around just slashing like uh, stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. I want there to be stakes, and I want there to be like another person that you're against. Okay. I'm curious. I'm not, I'm curious how this will turn out. Just because when I think of Ubisoft, I think of two things. I think of first cover based shooters. Yeah. But I also think open world games in the terms of the scope through Assassin's Creed. So I'm thinking, how would that... Could you apply a Star Wars skin to Assassin's Creed? Not and, Assassin's and Creed. I think you could. I think you could. I think you could make parkour. A Jedi or a Sith could easily perform parkour. So... And if you were to make it... Let's say you make it about... A, you're a Sith character and you're, like, you're hunting down like Jedi... Like the members of the Jedi Order. That's very much like in Assassin's Creed where you're the assassin hunting down the Templar like members. So I think it's a very easy copy-paste. 
So I think Star Wars would make a lot more than Assassin's Creed. And because of that... When you say a lot more, do you mean money or do you mean in terms of, like, ambition? Money. money. Okay. So that means they would probably put out a game, like, every two years. And that, I mean, what's that going to do to the quality of the game? Because you saw the last Assassin's Creed, super glitchy. A lot of parts look super lazy. You know, things like when you're shooting an arrow and they're, they're putting their hand back and there's no arrows back there. Wait, which one are you talking about? Cause the latest one. Good. Valhalla? Yeah. Valhalla's awesome. It's way too long, but it's awesome. Is it better than uh, okay, you're, one you're, in Egypt? Mm, no, the best one of the, from the last few ones has been the one that's uh, Odyssey, the Greek one. That it looks dope. unfinished, the, the latest Assassin's Valhalla. Okay, I can't exactly argue against your point there because there, yeah, there's a few graphical hic- hiccups here and there. Assassin's Creed, not known for its great graphical fidelity, known no, for vibrant can't. environments and for endless open world exploration. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they can pull it off. It's just, are they gonna just milk it? You know, ASAP because it's Star Wars. I would hope not. I think they'll do better than EA. I imagine there'll sure. probably be like some kind of contract where it's like, hey, like, you know, we're lending you our baby here. You can't abuse it like you do with your own Assassin's Creed games. Also, Disney is very, like, protective of, oh, the, yeah. of the Jedi itself. Not necessarily Star Wars, but the Jedi. So it means they might not, you know, put a ton of Jedi in this uh, Ubisoft game. Yeah, because, I mean, the cool thing about doing a Star Wars game is you don't even know what era it's set in because the Star Wars universe is so vast. Like, this could be, like, prequel era. This could be original trilogy. This could be sequels. Like, we don't even know what it is yet. I feel like they're scared of going back. Like, Knights of the Old Republic type of thing. That's what so many people want. We want we want them to go to an era where, like, Jedi were, like, everywhere. We want, like, mm-hmm. that kind of yeah, environment. We want, like, peak, like, High Republic kind of I want that, and I want to see stories like I've, I've said before, like a Darth Maul story, the story with his mother, and I want those type of stories, right? That type of lore. That would like be the, interesting. Like just the lore that isn't Already known in like presented, yeah. in the in the movie universe, you know, right? Or the books, or whatever yeah. cartoon for that matters. Yeah. Like the Mandalorian has been doing pretty well with that. Like going on on these little. Yeah, movies. I think it helps that's in a it's in a territory in terms of time. Uh, the timeline where it's between the original trilogy and like that 30 year gap between the original trilogy and the sequels yeah where we don't know what happened five years after you know the second death star blew up yeah. where we're seeing now like how like an empire is like really crippled and stuff so mm-hmm. anyways i thought this was i think this is great news i think uh freeing up that license for other people to use to bid like to imagine to imagine getting like I'm thinking other studios besides like Ubisoft. We can get like obviously EA is still going to probably do another Jedi Fallen Order. I can't imagine like they wouldn't do a direct sequel to that. Yeah, but being able to t- kind of loosen up that license for like other people to explore to kind of put their own spin. Like I would love like a Square Enix like RPG version of Star Wars. That would be like sick. Kind of like the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, but maybe with like, a different spin. There is rumors. There is rumors. That there's a studio working on kind of remaster of Knights of the Republic 1 and 2, but as one re-envisioned game. There's rumors. I've heard this from Jason Schreier. I'm sure you know Jason Schreier. Yep. He mentioned, like, on a forum on Reset Era, he mentioned, uh, he just left, he, just, he left, like, a sentence saying, like, oh, like, you guys will never guess the studio. Like, it was on, a, it was, like, on a rumor, like, a rumor thread. About, like, oh, like, imagine if they made another Knights of the Republic, and then he just put, like, you'll never guess, like, the studio working on it. Like, so he, like, like indirectly confirmed, like, it's not going to be Bioware, because that's the first guess. It's probably not going to be Obsidian, because that would be the second guess. So it's either a studio we never heard of, or it's a studio that we just never would have con- imagined would be working on it. So the fact that there could be a Knights of the Republic remake sort of re-envisioning out there, I'm very excited about that. And that would probably wouldn't be possible if EA continued to, uh, what do you call it, hog the license. Okay. So those are our topics for this past week, week, weeks, I guess, sort of, weeks. When did you, how are you feeling, Johnny? What did you want to delve in? Well, the last two things that you had. I don't want to get into Ghost. I think that should be a dedicated thing. Uh, which is our our desire. 
desires. I feel weird saying that word. Our desires for 2021 in terms of gaming. How do you feel about some of the release dates for some of the games we're seeing? Um, or lack of release dates, for that matter. It doesn't bother me a whole lot. We were talking about how many exclusives that Sony had that we know of. Right, we mentioned we talked about those that. Are, what, 17 games? 17 somewhere between okay yeah somewhere between 15 and 18 yeah uh actually let me just read the list that i that i have so far the exclusive games that are supposed to come out in uh this year and so are we gonna say like want it or like meh about them or what well you could but uh, i'm just gonna read the list okay so god of war ragnarok why destruction all stars meh death loop maybe returnal Yes. Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, Horizon Freight of Ben and West. Yes. Ratchet and Clank. Maybe. Candle Bridge of Spirits. Maybe. Ghostwire Tokyo. Yes. Gran Turismo 7. No. Final Fantasy. Absolutely, of course. Stray. The cat game, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'm down for that. Goodbye, Volcano High. <laughs> that game looks so weird. but it, The weirdness is what makes you want to say, yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. Oddworld Soulstorm. Mm, meh. Project Athia. Yes. Jet the Far Shore. E- strong, maybe, yes. Silver Ash. Definitely, yes. Little Devil Inside. Yes. Yeah, so that was like 17 games. So the timelines don't really bother me because it looks like we're going to have something to play during, so, during the wait. Right, so Destruction All-Stars already came out, right? That's free if you have PS5, you have PlayStation Plus, you have Destruction All-Stars through that. Uh-huh. So take that one off the list. We still have, not including this month, like 10 more months in the year. You could probably, it seems like if you have a PS5 or maybe or just the PS4, you're getting something interesting at least once every month. Yeah. It seems like you can pretty much just, you have like smooth sailing. You don't have to really, of course, not, not saying one's going to come out every month. I'm sure some of those are going to be stacked up where you're going to get like maybe three of those in, in like towards the end of the fall. Yeah in the busy busy like the shopping season i'm pretty sure i just don't i don't see god of war coming out this year yeah i whatever it doesn't and then we're still not even sure is it coming to ps4 or is it not i hope not because there has been kind of like somebody's been kind of like "Mm," like we're not saying yeah i don't and the fact that it's not different and the fact that it's not a definitive no makes me think like okay Sony doesn't want to abandon its massive install base that it still has on on PS4, which, from a business sense, yeah. makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Because they're still having trouble putting out PS5s to match the demand. Yeah, so this is why the timelines don't really bother me. Because if they... God of War... Well, those are the, the big two. God of War and Horizon are the ones that I'm really waiting for. But I don't mind if they push them further if it means that they're going to end up exclusively on the PS5. So, do you really think that they would shoot themselves in the foot by abandoning the massive install base on the PS5? No, of course not. But that's why I'm like, okay, I don't I don't care about the timelines. Because if it means pushing it later, mm-hmm. then there's going to be more uh, PS5s in the market. Okay. So, cool. If I have to wait, cool. But it's it's like those games are supposed to come out at the back end of the year. Right. And we have all these games, those 15 games, you know, not counting those two. I don't know, dude. Like, it's these games are like 40 to 70 bucks a game. Like, I want at least like seven of those games. I don't know if I want to spend that much on all of these games, dude. Right. If it's not like a super triple A, like, like to I me, see. Returnal is like a big game too. So I want that ASAP. Yeah. Housemark definitely has, has definitely developed a reputation of quality smaller games this is their biggest game so far though this is like and it looks assets like, in terms of like money being poured into the project like, it looks like it's worth it to me i'm i'm definitely excited for returnal yeah. i don't think i'm gonna be able to play it around launch date definitely by the summer though definitely by the summer i i'm really it's like the that's like the first game coming up that's ps5 exclusive and it's like Man, as a PS4 owner, I'm kind of jealous about that game because mm-hmm. that game looks really well polished. It oh, looks we also got a Spider-Man. We got that too. I didn't even include that in the list. That came out last year. Miles Morales. That came out oh, last year. Eh, close enough. Yeah, that was like November, I think. Yeah, November. But that's technically the, the first quarter, right, of the console launch. 
That that would be launch window, yeah. 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 Uh, whatever, it still counts. <laughs> Alright. You can get that on PS4 also. Yeah. Probably not the best it's not the best version though. But I just thinking about like what you said, like in terms of price, like forty to seventy dollars, like it's gonna be interesting to see which games will be priced at like the t- higher higher tier at seventy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I remember when games were like fifty bucks, like a PS2 era, yeah. And then we jumped to PS3 era, and we like, okay, games are now sixties. This is a new standard for like two thousand from two thousand six onward. Like everything's all the new games are sixty dollars. And I know it seems pricey right now. Seventy dollars seems like a lot, and it kind of is a lot. But when you take into account the right the rising budgets of games, how many copies they have to sell just to turn a profit. I can kind of understand why they're going up to 70 because yeah. there is an economies of scale and it's not scaling the right way in terms of like, they're, they're not really getting as much. They're getting, uh, we call it uh diminishing returns. I guess you could say from us, from the mm-hmm. consumers. Right. Yeah. So raising the price for some of these more graphically demanding, longer, maybe more man hour intensive games. I understand. I'm probably not gonna buy the game at seventy dollars. So any game, I've become I've become very good at kind of just you know waiting for those sales, mm-hmm. waiting for sales, waiting for some kind of like yeah. Sony has constantly has good sales. You know? mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure half more than half of my PS4 collection is just games that I bought because they were cheap at the moment, with a yeah. few exceptions. With a few exceptions. So it'll be interesting to see this coming year. I think the most I've paid for a game in the last, I don't know, five years is like thirty five bucks, maybe forty bucks. Really? Yeah. So you've never bought like full? You haven't paid full price for a game since like before five years ago? Yeah. So you yeah. basically just never bought a game at launch then? Well, it's because I constantly have games because Sony constantly has games to play. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get through with them, Speaking it's at, of which, at a reasonable rate. I finally get to try Control this month. Mm-hmm. It's one of the PlayStation games for February. The free, for, well, free quote, take quote, air quotes, because you know you have to pay for the service. But I consider it free because I would pay for the multiplayer, for the online component anyway. So it's free to me in a way. Yeah. So I'm excited about playing control. And on top of that, even if you aren't getting that game at whatever, 70, 60, 50, you know, we have that thing where we share, like, the accounts. So oh, yeah. So you buy a game, and it all kind of just balances it out, you know? Yeah, there's um, there's definitely options there if you want a game on a the budget. There's, you got plenty of options out there. Yeah. So, anyways, I think we are done here. We kind of got that out. We got covered everything we wanted to cover. And we had a little extra discussion there on the end, a little bonus there at the end. Johnny, is there any closing thoughts that you have before we end uh, this episode? No, pretty content. All right. I just want to say I look forward to the massive lady in Resident Evil Village. She is one hefty woman. Mm -hmm. And with that, we will end this podcast. Goodbye, everybody.